0: good morning everybody it is a fantastic day for all of us um (laughs) i don't know so i'm i'm recording these chapters out of order and this is the last day of recording so i plan on recording about two chapters today hopefully Uh, today is the day that my new roommate is moving in, and like I said, I don't really want to, or, I might not have actually said this yet, since, again, I'm recording out of order. Um, I don't want to bug them with me recording things in my bedroom, so we're, we're coming to a close, and I don't actually have that much to say. Um, I don't know, uh, so, today... We are, you know, hoping to record this before my roommate shows up to move in. I was supposed to do this yesterday, but instead I mopped my floors. I'm coming out of a months-long depression, and let me tell you, it's been a while since I've mopped. But I did mop, and it was really gross, and now my floors are clean. So, there's that. Everyone applaud for me. Um, Today we are going to be looking at two things, since honestly I don't think that I could make a full episode about either of these things honestly how have i been making full chapters no i know because i spend 20 minutes reading something and then 20 minutes talking about it and being a dick so there's that Jeez, i don't even want to start talking about what we're going to be talking about today because i'm i'm happy um i just finished writing our intro and And it's not going to be very complex. It's just a little ditty. But I was recognizing that a lot of the other podcasts I listen to have openings. And most of them get them from like real producers and stuff. They're like, oh, thanks for the taxpayers for the use of their song. The medicine that's from Sawbones. Everybody go listen. They're a big podcast. They don't actually need my advertising. But I like listening to them. Um, And so I was like, I should do that. But here's the thing. I'm one very broke 20-year-old in the middle of nowhere. Nobody's going to give me their song. I'm not with any kind of network. So I was like, I'll just make my own. Because I took one music composition class in high school. Um, So I think it sounds okay. It's cute. It's little. I'm happy. You know, sometimes it's not so much about the quality of things, but rather how it makes you feel. Um, Not you, the audience. I don't care how you feel. It makes me happy. That's all that matters right now. Um, okay, I guess that's enough talking about myself. Uh, if you if you want to continue talking about our new theme or have any other questions or concerns, feel free to reach out to us at our Twitter or Tumblr. On Tumblr we are Defending Fan Fiction and on Twitter we are at fiction. Um, I believe that you could also reach out to us via Gmail, but I haven't checked that. I check our Tumblr and Twitter sometimes, and I don't know why because there's nothing there. But you can email us at defend.fanfiction at gmail.com, I believe it is. I will link that in our show notes. I think I always say that and then I never do. Um, my dog is making a noise over there. He is being loud. Uh, But now that we are four minutes in with having said nothing, let's get into today's topic. Today, to start out with, we are talking about crack fanfiction. I actually haven't written any crack on my main page, actually. I don't think I have any crack. I definitely have some fanfiction that when I wrote as younger, when I was younger and I wrote... It was bad Um, and one could say that it is crack or that duplicating it in with my current skill would be crack Uh, Just because like the the quality is quite low compared to some of the things I generally produce nowadays Um, But I haven't explicitly written anything as crack Don't don't look into me on that Um, And I mean, I don't have anyone else's permission to really look and examine their work so I mean we're kind of up a wall without something to read um that being said though I did think about reading somebody else's crack yeah so um this is really dumb I just finished watching a youtube documentary on my immortal it was about 20 minutes and i'll definitely link it in the show notes um but it reminded me that you know we haven't talked about crack fiction before and i do think that is a viable kind of genre of fan fiction and since we are here in this podcast today to defend all fan fiction i figured we might as well discuss it and defend it um there are are, there are so many Readings of My Immortal, which is probably the only crackfic we're going to look at today because I haven't written anything and I don't have anyone's permission But My Immortal doesn't formally have an author Uh, There's been a lot of debate about that, which is kind of what the documentary I watched was on Um, I I mean, I I've never actually made it through My Immortal and It's kind of I Don't know It's it's hard to get into um, especially, it, it, it depends on if you look at My Immortal as a crack fic or a genuine fic or what. But we're going to read it and we're going to briefly discuss My Immortal since it's one of the world's most famous fan fictions. And then I guess we're going to continue discussing crack fic. And I suppose we could discuss the culture around popular fics. Okay, so let's get into it. I've got My Immortal pulled up. Uh, chapter 1, author's note. Special thanks, get it cause I'm gothic, to my GF, ew, not in that way, Raven, Blood Tears 666, for helping me with this story and spelling. You rock. Justin, you're to love my depressing life, you rock too. MCR rocks. And then it continues. Oh, this is the most famous paragraph in the entire world, so please pay close attention. Hi, my name is Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way, and I have a long ebony black hair, that's how I got my name, with purple streaks and red tips that reaches my mid back, and I see eyes, I see blue eyes like limpid tears, and a lot of people tell me that I look like Amy Lee. Authors note. If you don't know who she is, get the hell out of here. I'm not related to Gerard Way, but I wish I was, because he's a major fucking hottie. I'm a vampire, but my teeth are straight and white. I have pale white skin. I'm also a witch, and I go to a magic school called Hogwarts in England, where I'm the seventh year. I'm 17. I'm goth, in case you couldn't tell, and I wear mostly black. I love Hot Topic and I buy all my clothes from there. For example, today I was wearing a black corset with matching lace around it and a black leather miniskirt, pink fishnets, and black combat boots. I was wearing black lipstick, white foundation, black eyeliner, and red eyeshadow. I was walking outside Hogwarts. It was snowing and raining, so there was no sun, which I was very happy about. A lot of preps stared at me. I put up my mingle finger at them. Hey, Ebony, shouted a voice. I looked up. It was Draco Malfoy. What's up, Draco? I asked. Nothing, he said shyly. But then I heard my friends call me and I had to go away. Author's note. Is it good? Please tell me things. Um, so there's been a lot of discussion on, you know, is this a crack fake? Was this written in genuine? Um, Looking at this, compared to my very first fanfiction, which I believe that we covered in the very first chapter, uh, this is very similar to what I would expect from a, you know, a kid writing their first ever fanfiction with a self-insert in OCs because, you know, prior to your first bullying for having an OC, you kind of... I mean, you, you always, I mean, okay, where am I starting with this? It is 8 a.m. and I have not had any caffeine, so I'm sorry. Um, but like what I find with most people's first fanfictions, it's generally self-inserting because you haven't had that beaten out of you yet, you know? Um, or even if nobody like bullies you in the comments sections, I think that, you know, people will see your... Fick and ignore it because it's got a self insert, and you'll notice that the fan fictions without any self insert get a lot more attention. Um, I'm not sure why My Immortal blew up, but I think it initially blew up as a way to make fun of someone because it's it's a good representation of everything bad in fan fiction. Um, I'm not sure if we discussed this before, either in chapter one or chapter. chapter three um when we talked about fan fiction stats and ocs and female fandom creators and how fan fiction is a genre that is almost unique to female or lgbt content creators because it gives them a way to expand a universe to reflect themselves so writing fan fiction is usually seen as really cringy either it's Super sexy, and you know, just to get your rocks off, or it's cringy and self-inserty and bad, and the the kind of the the response of making fun of fanfiction authors reads kind of as misogyny in some ways because it's even if it's like good people male male fans could write it off as you know being unrealistic and a blatant disregard for canon or cringy and it's I don't know it's one of those things that kind of makes me a little bit uncomfortable but it is something that I did participate in when I was younger I made fun of people for you know writing fan fiction writing cringy fan fiction I was like I'm not like them but you know I wish I was like them I wish that I had their their you know passion um I don't know so, there's that. And I think, kind of, whether or not you think that My Immortal is crack or not, I've, I've heard a couple of people say that it is closer to satire. And looking at the later chapters, I definitely think that it is. I think that it might have started off as genuine, because, like, looking at that, it seems very genuine from my experience, when compared to my experience of my initial writing, where it's very blunt, and there's a lot of exposition but nothing else so there's that and then it's grammatically pretty well put together aside from the author's notes um and then there's kind of a meta narrative that's included into the story as you get more into the chapters so i mean there's there's a lot of things in My Immortal, especially in the later chapters, that point to it being more uh, a satire and an intentionally planned piece of art, rather than just a crack fic or a poorly written fic. So, there's that. Um, I'm personally at the camp where it's, it's mostly satire. Um, speaking of, what is crack fic besides satire? You know? Uh, I, I forgot that we were supposed to be talking about CrackFix this chapter. <laughs> and I wanted to talk about My Immortal. But plenty of people have already broached the topic of My Immortal and done a lot better than I have. Um, so, in CrackFix, I find that it's one of the more found-on genres and most people who read it. Like, I personally don't find CrackFix that funny. Um, like, if I were to read an actual one and it would just be like... Gross exaggerations and then jumping from plot to plot. I, I mean, I don't particularly find that funny, but I guess some people find it funny how out of character things can get. So there's that. Um, I, I do think that it is a valid form of literature. I, I'm not sure that many people would agree, since most people see crackfic as being, you know, jokes. But I think that jokes can be a, a competent form of literature as well. It's to, it they, it exists kind of as a commentary on the culture around fan fiction and you know or or just fandom specifically or that specific fandom where it's a commentary on the people who you know normally write or read fan fiction and it can be even even if it's not meant to be satire even if there's no satirical, intention in there or like worth like even if it's just pure just randomness and exaggerations and funny jokes and it's not satire then I still think that it has some worth because not everything you write has to be super serious and I'm not just saying that like oh you should expand your your genres and like write some comedy or fluff sometimes I'm like you don't have to genuinely write anything like you don't have to put your soul into everything you don't have to put Accurate grammar and everything, sometimes it's just fun. You know, I think that crack can be a genuine writing exercise for burgeoning authors, where, you know, without the strict rules in place to make you write something, you can explore, like, oh, geez, I'm explaining it poorly. If I know that I'm writing a crackfic, then I have less inhibitions about the way that I write because I know that it's not going to be serious and I know that nobody's going to seriously analyze it. So I can go ahead and be more free with my language and punctuation. And I think that kind of makes it more of an art than than some other aspects of literature. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I 1000% am in the camp that literature is art. Um, But you know, sometimes people don't see it that way and they don't, think that like like with with traditional art or digital art you know visual art there's more room for experimentation and for doodles and for doing joke pieces and for you know just doing weird things because even that is seen as like kind of a form of valid entertainment or as a form of genuine practice i in my experience you're allowed to experiment more with art than you are with writing um visual art, I should say, rather than writing. Because you can do stupid little things and still post it and then move back onto your real thing. Um, And I don't feel like people really post their experimental writing stuff because they feel like it has to be polished before they publish it. Um, I mean that's clearly not the case in my case, because if you look at my stuff, it's like that's full of typos, that's full of typos, that's full of typos. But I have a hard time knowing how to experiment or like where to experiment with my writing, because it's like, is there really an opening for me to, you know, start trying new punctuation or whatever? So I mean, I don't know, I feel like crackfic can take away the inhibitions of the author. And let them more freely express themselves now this is a thing uh, have you ever read the poem the little horse i want to say it's called the poem i was thinking of is called the little horse um, it is by you know ee e. cummings of all people and you really ought to read it because me reading it out loud is not going to give you the same sense that reading it with your eyes is because um, i actually think that we talked about this in the first chapter when i was talking about my formatting um there can be a very visual part to literature and i think that the little horse kind of or the little horses newly is is a is a part of that so i believe that it is by E. e. cummings i this is what this website is telling me, but so it reads: the little horse is newly born. He knows nothing and feels everything all around whom he is perfectly a strangeness of sun, light and of fragrance and of singing is everywhere. A welcoming dream is amazing. A world and in this world lies smooth, beautifully folded, a breathing, a growing silence. Who is someone? In this poem, E.E. E. Cummings plays heavily with the rules of classic writing. You know, punctuation, spaces, formatting, you know, when to end words, when to end, add new. St- st- what? It, status? Stratus? Fuck. Stanzas? Is that what it's called? Stanzas? Yeah. We're gonna go with stanzas. So. He plays heavily with that and it gives the poem a very visual sense and a very lilting kind of thing and you could say that it is kind of reflective of the subject the little horse that is newly born Um, he doesn't know the horse doesn't know anything about you know the rules of writing or of what everything is supposed to sound like it just is Um, so that lack of those lack of rules lack of understanding of the way that things are supposed to be can make for some very visually interesting pieces as well as you know harbor a environment for exploration and experimentation um kind of another example of this is when children write poetry when you know like when adults write poetry it can it's a lot more comprehensive but you know sometimes poetry isn't supposed to be comprehensive um like, you know, it's, we we fall too heavily on the already established similes that we can use. You know, tall as a tree, tall as all hell, you know, sweet as candy, things that make sense. Um, you know, we, we pair things with similar connotations together. Cold as ice, both are cold and ice is seen as kind of frigid. But if somebody said cold as the river on a sunny day, they'd be like, oh, wow, that's not, you know, like uh, that's, that's more of a refreshing coolness rather than, you know, the frigidness, uh, which is what you want to display. Um, One line that particularly stands out to me is, I don't know, and I don't think I could find this, but I might try and link it in the work notes. Uh, But one specific thing that stands out to me that I still remember is it was like a, a six year old writing poetry about his grandmother who had died. Um, he wrote in the poem that like when his grandmother coughed, it was jazz or something. I, I distinctly remember him making the, not the allegory, but making the connection between her, the, the older woman who was dying and jazz. And, you know, you usually think of jazz as being free form and uplifting and, you know, spiritus. So it was a little bit more jarring to see it in relation with a woman's dying breath, you know, but to the child that made sense because there was no previously created annotation of, you know, of what words should go together. To him, jazz is loud and confusing. And to him, his grandmother's dying breath is. So the, the kind of the discordance in the similes makes that stand out to you, and it makes you think about the world in a more different way. Um, And when you're writing regular fanfiction, would you ever, you know, use that regularly without outside intervention or, you know, a lack of rules? Um, What I'm trying to say is if you write crack, then there are less rules. And it can be seen as silly, but it's also a valid form of expression. Um, just because I don't actually have a fic to read, we're probably going to read another poem. This is another poem that comes to mind when I'm thinking about, you know, the lack of, I, here's the thing, I just, this connection has made. Um, poetry is one of the only literature art forms that kind of lets you break the rules because it's supposed to be more artistic than other literature. But why don't we use odd similes in our, like, regular literature, you know? Let's bring that artsy, creative freeness into real literature. I mean, it wouldn't hurt. I think that it would expand a lot of understanding. So I'm personally in favor of using weird ass words. You know, take that crack sentence that you were going to use in your crack fic and make it work for you in a serious fic. You know, you're allowed to have slightly differing tones from sentence to sentence. A dark brooding fanfiction can have a line of uplighted heartness. You know, that wasn't an actual thing that I just said. Like this, stream of consciousness. Stream of consciousness, unrelated to crack. Well, maybe. Whenever I attempt to write crack, and I've only done it once, and it's not published anywhere, so don't look for it. When I've written crack, the one time I did, it was very much a stream of consciousness, where I kind of knew what I wanted to do, um, and I just kind of wrote it without any second thought. You know? So stream of consciousness, that's another way to write crack, and I think that that is also another thing that we can bring into our regular literature. You know, it it kind of removes the inhibitions that prevent us from exploration and from growth. Um, right now, I've got the poem, My Papa's Waltz, fr- by Theodore Roethke, it's R-O-E-T-H-K-E. Uh, This is one of the first poems that I remember having to read and analyze in high school. And I was the only one who analyzed it correctly. Um, Not to say that there's only like one correct analysis for everything. But I mean, sometimes there is. So we're going to read it. My Papa's Waltz. The whiskey on your breath could make a small boy dizzy. But I hung on like death. Such waltzing was not easy. We romped until the pans slid from the kitchen shelf. My mother's countenance could not unfrown itself. The hand that held my wrist was battered on one knuckle. At every step you missed, my right ear scraped a buckle. You beat time on my head with the palm caked hard by dirt, then waltzed me off to bed, still clinging to your shirt. So this has got a very nice meter to it. Um, there's rhyming, the stanzas are all orderly. Um, and, you know, this is probably one of the poems that is a Counter argument to what I just said in using words in conjunction that are discordant, you know, by like saying that a breath is jazz or something. It, it definitely uses words that have a specific connotation to undermine the main story. When you first read this poem, it's about a child and the father dancing around the kitchen. Um, You know that's it at the very base level and most of the things being said can definitely um allude to that on on the surface level where such waltzing was not easy uh keeping time um waltzed off to bed every step you know there are a lot of surface words surface description of what's going on that tells you that it's about dancing However, when, I mean, a lot of the words in here are very negative. Hung on to death. Small boy dizzy. The whiskey on your breath definitely kind of alludes to something is wrong immediately. And then the pans sliding from the kitchen shelf and the mother frowning. Like even if her husband and her child are kind of being rambunctious, don't you think that she wouldn't be so stern? And then saying that the hand is battered. And every step, the right ear scraped a buckle. Like even if that's accidental, why would that detail be included in just a little song about you know, dad coming home and dancing with his kid, and then beat instead of you keep time, you beat with palm caked hard by dirt, still clinging to your shirt. Um, I'm not sure about that one, but the the actual meaning of this poem is physical abuse. You know. Uh, father comes home and beats his child. That's kind of what the right ear scraped a buckle, where he's assumedly using his belts to beat a child. Um, And it's not, that's not what the poem says on the very surface level. It's, he, he didn't say, you know, you come home and you beat me. He says, it's a dance. It's a sad dance that his mother frowns at and it's, rambunctious, you know, pants fall off the shelf and it's hard It's not easy. Such waltzing was not easy and You know, it's a it's a poem about domestic abuse, you know, but it's it's not that on the very surface level However, the connotation of the words used kind of alludes to it So that's a counter argument about how the connotation of words can give a second meaning um, rather than just kind of creating that discordance um as i am you know sitting here talking about poetry uh <laughs> i kind of want to read my own damn poetry even though we're supposed to be reading about crack fiction um i just you know i'm a, I'm a silly billy and i like talking about my own damn stuff um like I, i'll be discussing in our penultimate chapter i think i'm using penultimate correctly let me Let me google penultimate. Am I using this word correctly? Last one in a series uh, or last but one in a series second to last. Okay, so this is our penultimate episode or chapter. Um, The next one is our ultimate. I think I call it our penultimate in that in that chapter, but this is okay. So I've pulled up this poetry that I've written and most of the poetry that I've written has been very serious and you know like feelings that I feel when I feel things um, but this one is not. And let's see if you can guess what it is about. I think that you can, but I'll I'll discuss it in a second. Um, why am I talking about my poetry? Because I want to, and this is my show. All right, let's begin. This one doesn't have a name. God takes me into his two big hands and pulls the sea out of me. His fingertips bruise my every body, and his stitch ripper unpicks my scabs. I am bleeding. He pulls my teeth out from swollen hordes and holds them up for swollen eyes to see. Hair like teeth falls at his feet, and my limbs are swelling sea soaked boards. I am unbecoming. My skin with my spirit off my body sloughs, and my fatigue chills my exposed bone. My vision fails me one last time, and with my scrapes I hear him laugh. I am gone. Um, I think that it is supposed to say scraps. With my scraps, I hear him laugh, and I am gone. Um, so, I don't know if you could guess, but that poem is about scurvy. I, fun fact, am deathly afraid of scurvy. Like, I know that I'm not gonna get it, but I'm so afraid of getting it. It's just terrible. It's an awful disease, and some of the symptoms are like, your body literally unstitches itself. That was the one line that, like, kind of that kind of drove me to write this, where it was like, your body unstitches itself It's as if God took a stitch ripper and plunged into your skin along all of your scars and just slid up them, because your bottom, your body takes the vitamin C out of your scars. To put it in somewhere else, I believe. That or the collagen in these scars is already particularly weak. And without vitamin C, the collagen gets weaker. So your body just starts to unmake itself. Your teeth fall out, which is a common one. Your gums are bleeding and swollen. Your eyes are swollen. Your hair falls out. Your skin falls off. You bruise super easily. Your bones become frigid. And everything aches. And you start to lose your vision. So... I kind of wanted to write about, you know, that um, there's not very many allusions to that this is a sailor, which is most commonly associated with scurvy, but anyone could get scurvy. I could get scurvy. But he says, I pull the sea out of me, which I think is a good homonym for vitamin C, the letter C, and C, C C-E-A, or S-E-A, you know, as in the ocean, and then sea-soaked boards being swollen and waterlogged. Um, it's that my best poem. I wrote it in like five minutes, but you know, we're talking about poems. So there's that. Why am I talking about poems? Let's bring it full circle, baby. Um... Poetry is a form of self-expression and a form of literature that is actually seen as, you know, like an actual form of literature that takes into account the rules of the English writing language and kind of plays with them. You know, the similes that we use are more imagery or fruitful. Some of them don't make sense. Some of them use the... Um, Kind of the connotation of words to tell a secondary story. Some just create a dissonance in what is actually being like in the words that are being used with no secondary story and they just kind of create a new feeling to them. Um, it can play with visual space, it can play with meter, it can play with rhymes and the way that words are used. It can play with sentence structure, it can play with punctuation and capitalization. It's a kind of self-respecting form of literature that takes the rules and, like, you have to have a full understanding of the rules to understand how they're breaking, in my opinion. But, you know, breaking the rules can also give you a fuller understanding of the rules, you know, once you've broken them you understand why they work. So. It, it breaks the rules and it's considered a, a like a like a real form of legitimate that's the word it's a legitimate form of self-expression um crack fics, however are kind of seen as the opposite they're seen as like everything wrong with fan fiction they're seen as jokes like you can't you can only take them as a joke and you know it's seen as not a necessarily legitimate form of expression or literature but rather as a pastime but crackfic kind of does the same thing as poetry where it breaks rules it breaks rules of timing and plot as well as you know overusing certain words or using synonyms that are completely just ridiculous like there's there's one part of my immortal which is the quote unquote crackfic that we are exploring I don't think it's in chapter two, but you know, it's the, there's a, there's a point where there's dialogue and the word for said is exchanged every single time where, you know, it's, he escalated, she shrieked, I sobbed. And so just like the full range of emotion that the characters go through in what must only be, you know, a couple of seconds in time. Like, here it is. Here it is. I found it. Um, this is from chapter six or shick? What the fuck? This is from chapter 6. Um, the author's note says, Shut up, preps, okay? P.S. I won't update until up you give me a good revose. The next day, I woke up in my coffin. I put on a black mini skirt that was all ripped around the end and a matching top with red skulls all over it and high-heeled boots that were black. I put on two pairs of skull earrings and two crosses in my ears. I spray-painted my hair with purple. In the great hall, I ate some Count Chocula cereal with blood instead of milk. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> no, my Count Chocula. And a glass of red blood. Suddenly, someone bumped into me. All the blood spilled over to my top bastard i shouted angrily regretting saying it when i looked up because i was looking into the pale white face of a gothic boy with spiky black hair and red streaks in it he was wearing so much eyeliner that i was going to down that i was going down on his face i was going what so much eyeliner that i was going down his face and he was wearing black lipstick He didn't have glasses anymore, and now he was wearing red contact lenses just like Draco's, and there was no scar on his forehead anymore. He had manly stubble on his chin, he had a sexy English accent, he looked exactly like Joel Madden. He was so sexy that my body went all hot when I saw him, kind of like an erection, only I'm a girl so I don't get one, you sicko. I'm so sorry, he said in a shy voice. That's all right, what's your name? I questioned. My name's Harry Potter, although most people call me vampire these days. He grumbled. Why? I exclaimed because i love the taste of human blood (laughs) he giggled well i am a vampire i confessed really he whimpered yeah i roared we sat down and talked for a while then drago came up behind me and told me he had a surprise for me so i went away with him just the like the the constant exchange of synonyms for said or asked or anything because you know one of the more common pieces of writing advice that you get is like oh don't use common words they're boring um and then the other one that i get is like only use said because other ones are stupid like they're so polarizing um you can definitely like find a middle ground and this particular chapter six is kind of the the point at which i think that it starts being more ironic or it's more satire than it was genuine in the beginning for My Immortal because of this exchange where, you know, said is never used. Um, I don't know. So I can't remember actually what I said before I started reading it, but you know, the, the lack of normal writing rules in here, or the strict adherence to writing advice, I should say, that kind of points out what is wrong and what works with those writing suggestions and rules. Um, you know, is deconstructing the systems so that we can fully understand them. God, I can't remember what else I was going to say. Fuck me, I guess. Yeah, so I can't remember my last argument. Um, I think it was something about how crack fiction is a genuine form of art, you know? I mean, it's it's hard enough to convince people that fan fiction is a genuine form of art and a genuine form of self-expression. Uh, so, you know, expanding that to crack fic people can be kind of rough. But, you know, um, I think that fan fiction is one of the only kind of art forms that allows for, well, specifically literature art form that allows for, you know, crack. I don't, we don't read crack fiction that's been published. You know, we don't read crack short stories. We don't read crack poetry usually. I mean, poetry is probably the closest we can get to crack fiction in the sense that it kind of, um, it destroys words and the English language for the point of art. But, you know, crack is something that I've only seen in fan fiction communities. And, you know, I think that's kind of beautiful that We created our own genre of writing, i.e. fanfiction, and we took it to such a point that it's almost irreplicable in other forms of media. I just, I really kind of appreciate that, you know? It's one of those things where we take a moment and take a step back and say, hey, we created something unique, and while people might not find it beautiful or funny, it is something that we ourselves created. And I really do enjoy that. Um, I guess we're shifting gears since I'm kind of done talking about crack fiction, briefly. Since, like I said, I don't, I don't think that anything else that I want to say is going to be a chapter in and of itself. So briefly, I just want to talk about some other things that I've been wanting to discuss while having this platform available to me. Um, taking inspiration. It's never wrong to take inspiration from things, you know. If it inspires you, then all the more power to you. And I think that fanfiction is kind of a love letter to inspiration, where we watched a piece of media and we decided that inspires me to create. I'm gonna create. Even if it doesn't have its traditional merits in society, where it's not like it's not marketable. You can't make money off of it, which I feel like is something that a lot of people, you know, argue is the the marker for success if you can market it uh but like like this podcast I'm not marketing it I'm making no money by the way uh like I said earlier in the first chapter or maybe in just the prologue I don't feel right making money off of fan fiction and discussing fan fiction when the fan fiction authors themselves don't make any money so this is completely um ad free I'm not making anything off of this uh which is great for me because I'm very poor but it's okay I have a real job, don't pity me. I just have a lot of debt. That's uncomfortable, let's continue. So taking inspiration isn't a bad thing. And I personally think that it's a high form of flattery to know, like if if somebody read my stuff and was inspired by it and encouraged by it, then I personally find it as kind of inspiring myself. That, you know, I've, I've made it as an author that can imbue people with muse. Um, I have created something that sparks something within people. And I think that's really nice. Um, so, I mean, I say take inspiration wherever you can. Some people might find it cringy that you're constantly really relating things back to fandom. But whatever gets you creating, whatever hones your skills. That being said, I personally think it's a little bit cringy. I'm sorry. We were, we... We started off trying to destroy cringe culture, but here we are, giving in. Um, Relating real people suffering to characters is kind of upsetting in the sense where it's like you don't care about real people, you only care about fictional characters. Um, Right now, we are going through a, you know, there are still protests going on as of recording this August 7th, there's still protests for the Black Lives Matter movement, and People are like, what if this happened to your favorite character in Hogwarts or whatever? And people are like, that's really, you're, like, actual people have died for this. And you're making it about a fictional character. That's kind of dumb. Um, And similarly, when England was voting on marriage equality, some people are like, if this doesn't pass, then John and Sherlock can't get married. And that's, and it's like, You're allowed to take inspiration from things. However, if the only way you can relate to people is through fictional characters, then you might want to re-examine it. Because you're saying to them that, you know, fictional things matter more than an actual human life. And I understand that, like, shows can, and like, like, empathizing with fictional characters can increase a person's capacity for emotional intelligence and empathy, and it can be a conduit through which they experience the world and empathize with others, but a lot of people find it a little bit rude, still. So if you need to view world occurrences through a lens of fandom, then I guess do that, but you might consider keeping it to yourself, where... If you don't care about marriage equality in England until it affects your ships, but then you do care about it, don't tell people that you only care about it because of Sherlock and John. Just say that you care about it now. If if that kind of makes sense. Like, I don't know. So there's kind of the caveat. That's my personal opinion. This whole damn thing's my personal opinion. Um, but there's that. The other thing is... What I want to say? Oh, yeah. Deleting works. That's the other thing that I kind of wanted to touch on. Um, I personally am never going to delete any of my fan works, even if they're super cringy and problematic. Because I think that it can still inspire people. And, you know, it could be somebody's favorite piece of work. And while... Other people are not entitled to things that I create, especially with fanfiction, where a large majority of people who create fanfiction create it for themselves. People are not entitled to what I create for myself. However, I I like leaving it up just in case people do like it and they want to go back and reread it or they take inspiration from it or somebody's going to read it. And that might just be part of my personal struggle with pride, you know, um, where I want as many people to see it as they can and I like to delude myself into thinking that people really enjoy my works, but they could. I mean, I specifically know that I read a work, you know, I've had experiences where I read a work, you know, a while ago and I just can't stop thinking about it. And I go back and I read it and I'm like, oh, well, like I'm a better author than they are now. I've, I've improved my skills and I have surpassed this author that I previously looked up to. But it was still nice to go back and reread something and had it been taken down, I would have been, you know, forlorn. Um, There have been cases where it's like, I really, really admire this fig and I want to go back and read it, but I can't find it. And after doing some more digging, I find out that the original author has removed all of their works. And that makes me sad because I would have enjoyed rereading it. There's reread value in a lot of the works that you do. So I personally am against removing any of my personal works, Um, even if I don't like them. Like if I were to come across a situation where I absolutely detested a piece of work and I didn't want it to be associated with my name anymore, I would orphan it because Archive of Our Own has an orphan function where it removes you as the parent and leaves the fix still in their system but unclaimed. So people can still find it and still reread it and still reference it. However, it is not directly linked to you anymore. So I can remove all of my embarrassing Italia fanfictions from... To be honest, let's be honest, kids. The last Italia fanfiction that I wrote was in 2018. Might have been 2017. I was taking a history class. We were talking about the creation myth of Rome. And I, a little goblin part of my brain said... Oh, wow, that's Italia. Um And then I wrote Italia fan fanfiction as a college student in twenty twenty eighteen. So we out here living. <laughs> I mean, it made me happy at the time and it got me writing. So while it's personally cringe because, you know, the content material that it draws on is kind of, you know, racist and can arguably be a monument to Nazi ideals. It did, you know make me happy and I was writing, and I personally think that I'm a little bit more sensitive to what is and what isn't Nazism now, even though I might not have been when I first started watching and writing for Italia. Um but so that's to say that I don't particularly endorse deleting fanfiction, even if it's problematic. Well You could definitely make the argument that problematic fanfiction should be deleted if you no longer want it associated with your name because, you know, people change and things and you don't want to be the one to inspire other people to do problematic things. Um, And that's kind of a contradiction to what I talked about in my problematic fanfiction analysis and defense. But, you know, people can have multifaceted opinions. Um, that's not to say that, uh, sorry, not the multifaceted opinions part, but the, the part about me saying I'm not going to delete my work. Um, that's a rule that I live by. It is by no means anything that you have to follow. I want you to do what you're comfortable with. And remember that fan fiction is for you. Even though the validation that we get and the requests that we get might be inspiring and they might be, you know, comforting and everything most people write for themselves first and so you know if it makes you comfortable to delete fan fictions great if you just want to orphan them great um if you don't think that anyone reads your fix and you want to delete it because of self-pity then great you know it's it's um it's all that it's all that it's all good as long as it makes you happy Um, I guess the point of this whole series, and specifically this chapter, where we discussed crack fiction and then my own personal writing philosophy in the last 20 minutes, sorry. Uh, The point of it is that it's for you, you know? Even if the outside world might consider it cringy, whatever makes you happy, and so long as it doesn't harm anyone, I want you to enjoy it and to, you know, continue to create and continue to write and you know, experience fan fiction, write fan fiction, and just you know, you're even if the world considers it cringy. And I I know that this is kind of counterintuitive, but you're honing a skill, and you're doing something that you know is creative, and you create something, which is a beautiful thing, and something that the world should experience. You know. I find that in our modern digital age, the act of creation is a lot more lost on people. But it gives you such a sense of satisfaction once you've completed something. And I do think that is critical to the human experience. You know, the, the experience of creation. And it's... And I, I, I don't think that writing is necessarily a bad skill. And for me personally, it's expanded my emotional intelligence. I am really emotionally dumb. Like, for real, I think that there are three emotions. You can be happy, sad, or angry. That's about it. But having to experience so many emotions growing up and in my life, and then not knowing how to express them and translating them into fan fiction, I learned how to, you know, first of all, vent, and to get out these strong emotions by, you know, writing self-indulgent, Violence scenes, but I also kind of learned how to express them and to put words to these feelings that I was feeling and you know the the loneliness and the despair the anger and the betrayal so it Definitely increased my emotional maturity and I might do that for you And it'll increase a seal, you know that I said is not bad writing and like that is the point that is kind of um not controversial, but contradictive where I'm like, well, it's not, even if it's cringy, it's not bad because you're learning a skill that is marketable. You don't have to learn a marketable skill for something to be worthwhile. Like, I personally think the act of creation and the act of having fun in and of itself is a worthwhile goal. I don't have to come up with a skill that I can put on my resume in order to enjoy something. Definitely I do put writing on my resume so I'm like I'm an accomplished author so I can communicate ideas effectively through written word. Um, I, I definitely do that and you guys can too as well. Um, but like even if i if I were to take up crocheting or knitting or something, I wouldn't put that on a resume because it's not a quote unquote marketable skill in my field. However, it still is nice. You know, if I had fun doing it, or even if I didn't have fun and I like, you know, pushed through and persevered and saw a project to the end, it's still the the satisfaction that comes with finishing a project that you started and to see something that you created with your own hands and to, like, kind of know where you're going to do better next time and knowing that there's a next time for creation, that knowing that you have an effect on the things around you and that you are in control of at least a little aspect in your life, whether it be crocheting yourself a blanket or writing a 32,000 word fan fiction about Sean Locke. I think I said Sean Locke, yes, I did. You know what happens. I don't know. This is just my love letter to fan fiction. It makes so many people happy. It introduces a lot of people to writing. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I genuinely do think it is this form of art, including crack fan fiction. It's a genuine form of expression. And I think that's extraordinary. And I hope that you guys do too. Otherwise, you might not be listening to this podcast. Um, again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is, we're coming up at an end. We're only gonna have one more chapter after this, so, and I don't think I talk about how much I love fanfiction in the next chapter, but I wanted to discuss it here. I, you know, I love fanfiction, and I love all of you for listening, so thank you so much, and if you want to reach out to us, we're still going to have our Twitter and Tumblr open, um, and and our fanfiction submission form. So we're going to have that still open, and if we get any interest we might you know renew it but I mean that might be hard with a roommate because I I hate bugging people and this has mostly been recorded because I've been alone um thank you so much for listening I hope that you know this is at least entertaining if not making you think um hopefully I'll have everything that I want to be listed in the show notes but I'm really bad at the show notes so I don't know look forward to that um shout out to myself for our little opening theme and I hope you guys have a wonderful day. You know, be safe out there and love yourself. Maybe go out and create something. Okay, bye-bye.